The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is going on, everybody? Bienvenue and welcome. Uh, you guys know that I give you a moment to get settled in. Uh, you're probably coming off of a call. You might be coming out of a meeting. You might be coming out of a one-on-one. Uh, hopefully, you're just now bouncing out of a series of cold calls that you've done because that is the topic that we are going to cover today. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Sell Better by GB Sales. This is the daily sales show where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. Plain, simple, easy. Go ahead and let us know who you are. Are you an SDR? Are you an AE? That's the one I'm putting out there right now. Uh, go ahead and change your chat settings to everyone down at the bottom and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. It looks like Toronto is first. Shout out to all my Canadian fam. Sydney, Australia, thank you for joining us. Shout out to Texas. SLC, SLC Punk was one of my favorite old school flicks. I don't know if you ever saw that one. SLC Punk was a good flick. Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I, I'm in South Carolina frequently. We should hang out. Chicago, what's going on? I love it. Except for when uh, people order ketchup I on their hot dogs. I saw a sneaky little Brazil in there. Let's go. What about <laughs> you? And a sneaky Brazil and a Sao Paulo right there. Let's Look at go. Paulo. Let's go. I love it, man. All these people coming in from all over the place. This is great. All right. Let me introduce you to the man in the room as you let us know what you are in the, ch in the, in the poll, in the question that's being asked. Uh, we're here to talk about questions that every seller should be asking on their cold calls. I am your host, James Buckley, and I am joined by Rod Baptista, an account executive over at Zoom Info. Welcome to the show, my friend. It is good to be on. It's, it is good to be back, I should say. Amazing, man. Uh, this is going to be a good one. We're going to give you some serious questions you should start asking. We're going to hear from you. I want your questions, the stuff that you've been asking in the chat. So we're going to give you some prompts to do that and participate with us. But before we get started, if you're looking to level up in 2023, you guys know that we're here to help the Sell Better Daily Show now offering a membership with instant access to our training and resources. Check it out at sellbetter.xyz or go ahead and scan that QR code on your screen. Let me give a big thanks to our partners over at Zoom Info. Vidyard and Outplay. What's popping Outplay? We got something special for you today. Outplay and I go back to like 2015. This is an all-in-one sales engagement platform, combines prospecting and multi-channel with sales engagement, inbound conversion and scheduling, conversation, intelligence, everything a prospect could need to track and sell from one single place. So sign up with Outplay before May 20th. I'm putting a link in the chat. You will earn 30% off your annual prescription, sub prescription subscription to Outplay. So drop that link right there in the chat. You need this in your life. Go get it. Go hit it. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. Top questions. Simple. Top questions you should be asking on every cold call that you have. If you have the time to ask them, here are the ones you should ask. Uh, questions from the front line. I want you guys asking questions, but also... What's the difference in asking questions above and below the power line? We're going to talk about that. Green flags. We need to know what we're looking for. Let's take a look at who's in the room with us. No shocker. Loads of SDRs. Over half of this room is SDRs. Uh, all right, Rod, you believe in a framework of three. What was it that had you land on these three questions as key questions to ask? Yeah, and let me tell you why. I'm just this random guy who's about to tell you all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been doing cold calling for five years now. I started in a company called Voresight. We were outsourced business to business development, and we de developed a proprietary cold call methodology built on behavioral economics about how do you make people care what you're telling them in the first 15 to 30 seconds of a cold call. Mm. Right. And now as the, as the, I think in the past couple of years, fastest SDR to AE promotion here at Zoom Info, 
the framework that I employ is roughly on a cold call, I'm asking three big categories of questions in the beginning, middle, and end of the call to open the door, to uncover their current state, and then to figure out what is their future state. And that's the, that's the rough framework that you see here ahead of you. So you think the three here accomplishes that transition from what they currently have and what their pain point might be all the way into what it might be like if I didn't have that problem and I was using your solution or your service to avoid having it in the future. You believe these three are the ones to use? Yes. And yeah. And there's a lot more that goes into just, you know, what is a, what does a how question mean? Why is that one at the front? What is a what? How does that uncover the current state? And I think, I think when is the more obvious, you know, how does that imply the future state? So let's have some fun with the audience here and uh, let's talk about your how question. As Rod is breaking down the how question, what it means, how we get to it, and then what to do with it once we're there, I want you guys to tell us in the chat how you formulate your how question. How do you formulate your how question? What's it sound like on a cold call? Rod, break down your question, the way that you ask it, and why it helps you. So a big part of my there's two big pieces to the to the how question. And in my opinion, if you're going to walk out of today with only one thing, it's this one. The how question is the most important. Opening the door is the hardest thing to do. And you give yourself the best odds of success if you lead with a little bit of pre-call research and some client voice, mm. right? So in my, my how questions are usually built around some kind of common challenge. These days, I'm talking to sales and marketing professionals. I've sold to all different kinds of personas, um, executive levels, industries, whatever. But when I'm when I'm talking to nowadays salespeople and somebody just asks client voice, what that means is instead of saying, hey, this is what I think, this is what I feel, this is what I believe, I say, hey, Mr. VP of sales, other VPs of sales are telling me blank. Using the person's title or their seniority level or their rank. Being other, I, I did this with my mom recently. My mom was like, you know, scared of microwaves or something. And I read something that was like, hey, you know, microwaves are fine. We've had them for like decades now. Science says that they're probably pretty okay at this point. But I know that if I said that, she was going to be like, what do you know? I said, hey, mom, my friend Pedro, who's a mechanical engineer, <laughs> I kind of used, I kind of used my words out of his mouth, but that led my belief to have so much more credibility. You know, when talking to my mom, it's like, hey, mom, other, you know, in their case, other moms I talk to tell me that microwaves are fine. <laughs> That's client voice. If you build in, if you sprinkle in, so let's use a specific example. I'm calling a VP of sales at Amazon. Um, I want to say, hey, uh, James, James, you're a VP of sales at Amazon. I'm going to say, hey, James, you know, first off, congrats on the, on the work anniversary. Or, you know, I saw that you've been leading sales for two and a half years now, whatever, some sprinkling, tiny little bit of information to make him know. I've done my research. I'm not just one of the hundreds of thousands of other cold callers competing with you and me who only talk about themselves, their product, their solution. I'm talking about you saying, hey, James, you know, here's a little piece of information on you I uncovered. Um, other VPs of sales that I'm talking to tell me, and then this is the common challenge, you know, COVID really changed the game for them. When their salespeople stopped being able to go out and meet others in person, they had to do everything via Zoom. I'm curious, how is that impacting you or, or how did you manage that or how did you tackle that, right? 
I want to, again, the pieces are sprinkle a little bit of information, client voice to give yourself the credibility to ask the question, and then some kind of industry challenge, some kind of departmental challenge, maybe something that sales departments, marketing operations, HR departments, whatever are seeing. Yeah. It can even be something like um, uh, maybe there was a new change to, to import tariffs and you're calling on logistics managers saying, hey, now with the new you know, higher prices of steel, how does that impact you? That's the formula for a, for a really powerful door opening how question. I like the example that we have here. I'd love your thoughts on what Manuel put in the chat. Uh, he says, when I typically speak to CFOs like you, they tell me X, Y, and Z. I'm curious to learn how you're currently track your client and lead data. That's Beautiful. relevant to what he does, and he's using that title. This is an example of the how question that Beautiful. you're after. Uh, what I did notice, though, is that you're mentioning this research that needs to be done before a cold call. So I'm launching this question now as we move forward here. Uh, what does your research look like? And it's all right. If one of them is not here, let us know what it is in the chat. Uh, but I'm curious to know what's the thing that you are looking for when it comes to your research. Let's talk about the second part of your questions really quick. Uh, the what question. This is a piece that I think most people think is a given, but you have a very specific purpose for your what question, and you've given an example below. What's this accomplish for you? It, so assuming we've gotten past the how, they've given us something to work with, right. we've opened the door, right? We've given ourselves, we're no longer a cold caller there in what's called system two, right? They're actively paying attention to us. Now that they've, you know, I, I ask you, you know, how did COVID change the game for you? And then you tell me, oh, you know, my salespeople used to be flying out to Portland, Oregon all the time, shaking hands. They had to learn how to do Zoom. It was a whole thing. We had to buy new technologies. I had to train them. We had to bring in an outside salesperson to show them what it's like to have a, a, a virtual meeting. It was a whole thing, you know, and, and when we got through it, then you want to follow up with some kind of impactful, act, impactful, you know, what did that mean for the business? What did that, what did that do for the business? You know, are you, and you can, you can follow up with some light questions here of what and why it's like, why did you bring in an outside salesperson? This is where being curious, and I, I'm thankful that I'm, I've always been kind of natural like that, but this is where being curious really is incredibly powerful and easy. If you've gotten somebody to tell you something about their world or share with you something about their life, their business, you know, how they're operating, you can very easily be like, that's so interesting. Why did you go that way? Or what makes you say that? Super simple. What, why, what does that mean for your world today? And why did you go down that decision-making path tells you about their current state, where they are now, how they've either tackled the challenge or the trend that you talked about, or are in the process of so doing, right? That's the big purpose of the middle block of what, why questions. I like the way you put that. Um, I want to I want to talk about some of the responses that you get from these. Is there some common responses or some flags people should look for when they ask the what question? And while you're answering that, I want to open the door for people to put their cold call questions in the Q&A now so that at the end of this, we can go through some of the questions people are asking and maybe offer some feedback on that. So go ahead and put your questions that you ask on a cold call that you want feedback on in the Q&A. Now, Rod, what are some common responses and some flags people should be looking out for when they ask what questions? That is an excellent, excellent question. And the flag is short responses. 
Mm. The whole the whole reason why all of the questions I'm talking about here are open-ended questions. You know, how are you dealing with this? What did that mean for the business? Why did you bring in an outside person to help your teams out with this? All of these are questions and it's harder to answer with a yes or no. Technically is impossible, right? But I, as I've experienced, and I'm sure everybody else on this call has as well, when you ask questions to prospects, sometimes it's like, hey, you know, are you, I, even if you know for a fact, like, are you dealing with this business challenge? If you ask it like that, it gives them the option to say, no, click. Yeah. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to put yourself in a position where they can give you yes or no answers. If they're giving you really short, you know, like, I've, I'm, you know, I'm speaking with, in speaking with other VPs of sales, I know you've been there for two and a half years now. I'm curious, how did COVID change the game for you? If you respond with something short, like it didn't, or, you know, we're doing okay, that tells you that either, you know, you haven't earned the right to ask that question, you haven't dropped good information, you haven't shown them that you've invested your time into learning about their world using their language, right? Or maybe you're missing the, the, the element of client voice. But it, but at the at the root, at the root, the biggest flag you want to look out for is: are they giving you really short, tight-lipped answers? And obviously, this varies by persona. If you're calling into CISOs and information security officers and IT professionals, that's that's. I'd be surprised if they answer the phone, <laughs> yeah. right? But in general, that's an indicator of you haven't done a good enough job of opening the door, of yeah. earning their trust of showing them that you that you are a peer right when i started this job as a as a you know 20 something kid who didn't know anything about business to business um one of the biggest lessons my ceo taught me was when you call a C, when you call another ceo don't say sir you know don't don't be all deferential and talk to them with the kind of respect that you think they deserve talk to them like how other ceos talk to each other let me give you an example we curse. <laughs> I mean, I'm not advising you curse, but they speak to each other in a way that is not dissimilar from how I talk to my friends. Right. Right. So be a peer, learn their language, talk to them as how they talk to each other. And that is your, that is one of the golden keys to success. It's good. Some of these questions you're saying, you're saying we should ask are very direct questions. And one of the things that always sticks out for me is something John said recently in the last few months, and that's you get pushed to who you sound like. So when you start talking like the CFO, you're going to get pushed to the CFO. If you start talking like the CIO, you're going to get pushed to the CIO. Um, that's great stuff right there. I want to look at some of these results. Look at some of these uh, triggers that people are looking for when they're doing that quick research. Recent cool. company news is a big one. Don't be the funding guy, though. I think a good what question <laughs> you might consider is what does that recent funding mean for you personally or professionally? That is a better question than what are you planning on spending all your funding with? <laughs> Don't be that person, right? <laughs> and actually, that's that's so great. Like the the recent company news, that's an excellent one to turn it to turn into your middle block or or even into the how of like how does that impact you or what does that mean for your department? Yeah, super easy. Yeah, those are good flips of that piece of content that you're using as collateral. We got a lot of good ones coming in. I saw a couple of them float through the chat. If you want a question reviewed by Rod. Put it in the Q&A. Don't put it in the chat because it's going to get buried. Uh, let's talk about the when question. First of all, I think this is one of those things that salespeople neglect because once they've gotten the how and the what, they sometimes feel like they've established interest, which is good, but then they skip this part and they go immediately into the meeting, setting up the meeting on the cold call. Why should we pause and get this win out? What does it do for us? 
Yeah. I want to talk about the when. I quickly want to address that. Um, Eric, I love the question. If you could change any one thing about your sales process, what would yes. it be? That's a question that comes in later in the call. If you lead with that after you, if before you've dropped any knowledge, before you've used any client voice, guys, this guy's the person you're calling is going to be mid email. They're going to pause the email to be like, what? what would I change? Like, I got a million things going on. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I have time for this. Excellent question. Once you've earned the right to ask it, um, Robert, uh, I don't do much with chat GPT, but you probably, you'll probably have a better answer for that for me in no time. Um, Tracy, yes, typically like any fluff words, any, um, um, exaggerations that you wouldn't, that you would cut out of your email to, you know, shorten the length of your email to make it more concise and simple. Do that in, 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 in language and in, in when you're speaking to people as well. I don't think it's a big deal. And it's all about and it, how you say things is more important than what you say. But as much in as much as possible, when you're fighting for you know seconds of time here, um, back on the fluff. So I, I would I would avoid using typically. But again, it's not a big deal. And then moving on to the when. So we've asked you know, hey um, James, how did COVID impact your business? Okay, interesting. Um, what did that What did that mean for 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 you hitting your goals? Why did you bring that? Um, that outside trainer to work with your teams, right? I've asked the how, I've gone through some what, why, middle of the road questions. And then ideally, you know, as I've gone through this whole process of asking questions, the big, big goal is to uncover pain, mm. is to uncover a challenge. If you, if you hit the nail on the head, then when you say like, hey, you know, a lot of people I talk to are struggling to to, to get their teams to come back into the office. What are you guys doing? In an ideal world, whatever challenge you have, they'll just resonate with and be like, tell me about it, man. Nobody wants to come into the office and we're, we're paying for this freaking thing. And it's like, yeah. you know, what, what's all this deal, right? And once you, once you hit the nail on the head and you get them to agree with your pain that you've delivered, excellent. You know, you can basically transition into asking for the meeting right there. But if you, if you just ask a really good challenge that makes you sound like a peer, Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that's not the problem they're having, but in asking about their what's and their why's, you uncover that the reason why we brought in an outside person is because we don't really have a sales training department, right? I have to manage my, I have to manage my backend. I have to manage my teams. I have to train them. Like it's a lot. And now in asking all of these excellent questions, which you're earning the right to do in the language of your, in the language of their peers, right? You've uncovered the challenge of in in James's case, like maybe he doesn't have a sales training department and it's tough for him to get the support for his teams that he needs, right? That's when you, once you've uncovered a really good uh, challenge or pain like that, that's when you want to transition into either a when question or uh, the question that was Carol's name um, that Eric asked. If you could change one thing about your current process, what would that be? But basically, once you've uncovered a really good challenge, a really good pain, be like, okay, like obviously you not having resources for your sales team, you not having training resources is tough. Like, um, when are you thinking about changing that? Or how important is that for your business? Like when now that you've uncovered a pain, what's the timeline for addressing this? Is this a fix, avoid, or deal with kind of situation. Oh, I like right. that. Is this a fix, a void, or a deal with it situation? I think yeah. that I think that puts some pressure on them to figure out if they even really want to talk about what it could be like without this problem or with a better situation than they currently have. 
We got some great stuff in here. Uh, Mike has a good question for you. Mike, I'm going to answer your question before I do. Rod is going to talk about this, but I'm curious, what do you guys think? What's the average number of questions that you ask yourself in a cold call? Remember that a cold call is probably no more than like three to five minutes long if you're lucky. You're lucky to get 10 minutes with somebody if you're on a cold call. Uh, So think about that and answer the question, how many calls do you think it is? Rod will tell you what his opinion is after we keep this thing up for a minute and everybody gets a chance to answer. Rod, this one's from Mike. Mike Sotko says, going back to your short answers, you said red flags. Watch out for short, quick, short answers. It, it, It might indicate lack of interest. How do you respond when they give you that short interest question? And yeah, yeah, it's okay. Why? You know, like, how do you respond to those short winded questions? You can go one of two ways. So like I said, one of the, one of the traditional diagnoses is you haven't earned the right to ask the question. You haven't, you know, you're not there yet. Right. So if, if that's your hypothesis of like, oh, they're giving me short answers because I'm a stranger, I'm a nobody. Right. Yeah. That's where, you know, you, maybe you can further harp on the piece of company news that you found, or in my case, one of my go-tos for um, for pre-call research is something about the individual at the company, their tenure, uh, maybe they have a work anniversary, maybe they were hired, you know, six months ago, right? Um, if you, you know, working off of any one piece of information, if you think that they're, that, you know, you haven't earned the right yet, try to ask more questions about that and try to relate it back to what you're saying. It's like, hey, you know, hey, James, you know, how did COVID impact um, change the way that your sales teams are sort of doing things. And James is like, oh, you know, it didn't. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, with what with you having been there for two and a half years, I figured you've probably seen a lot of things. And and then here's some really good phrases that I would write down too. Um, in order to be conscious of your time, right? That's a really good transitional phrase I use all the time. Okay. In order to be conscious of your time, or just so I don't bother you unnecessarily, or just so I don't call you again. If there's, if there's really nothing here, use some of these transitional fra- uh, phrases, especially when you feel like you're losing somebody to give yourself, you know, 10, 15 seconds of runway of additional runway to ask a really powerful, like, you know, um, and in the, in the example, uh, um, Hey James, you know, how, how did COVID change your teams? Like, oh, you know, it didn't. And then you respond with like, yeah, you know, it didn't. You give me some short answers. Like, okay, well, given that you've been there for two and a half years, obviously you have a lot of tenure at this organization. I, just so I'm conscious of your time here, um, what's happened? What is relevant for your teams right now? If COVID didn't change the way you guys do business, what did? Or are you guys as business as usual? Like, what's going on? You know, give me some insight so I don't bother you if 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 you know if this is a total waste of your time. Right? Yeah, one of the ones that John has often said is, you know, how can I stay top of mind without being an obnoxious salesperson? You want to try to remove that label before you get caught with it. Once you have that stink on you of being an obnoxious seller that won't leave me alone, it's tough to get it off of you and word travels fast. Let's look at some of these results right here. Check this out. Lots of folks, lots of folks believe two to three questions is average, which actually fits really well with our content model today, guys. We gave you three questions to ask. I suppose you could swap out the what and the why if you wanted to, but two to three, I think is reasonable for a three to five minute conversation. Rod, give us your feedback. How many do you think there is? I did this poll with, with, a, with a probably much less representative sample. 50% of people they ask three, say they ask three plus questions. And I was really surprised. I figured that, um, I figured that people are uncomfortable with asking questions like, like I was <laughs> when yeah. I started the job. So talk to me about how you got better. This Let's give a final thought. How did you get better 
at asking questions as you moved forward through your career? The best part about asking lots of questions, being open-ended, leveraging client voice, uncovering challenges. The, the best, best part is the fact that you're going to, you're going to book more meetings and they'll happen better. Because if you, if in your calendar invite, you put the challenge that you learned on the call, guess what? That person's showing up to that call, right? That's the best, best thing. But the second best thing, and the one that was the best for my development as a salesperson is the fact that they're going to give you more than just a yes or no. Even if you don't get the meeting, every single call you're on, you should be paying attention to what language your prospect uses, mm. how they talk, their demeanor, their, their problems, what they care about, how they think. Like you really need like all of that information is how you put on their shoes. And if you wear their shoes, next time you call next time you call one of their peers, they can tell. They can tell that you know what it feels like. They can tell that you are a peer. That, you know, even uh, learning from my losses, my nose, is what allowed me to get over my, my discomfort with asking questions and to become the fastest, you know, STR to, a to AE promotion here at Zoominfo. Discomfort is a good thing as long as you're finding ways to get comfortable and then making yourself uncomfortable again. It's a cycle that we have to go through over and over as we develop as sales professionals. Last question here is from Rod. He said he likes to use, how would you like to see your department evolve when talking to LOB managers? It gives them a sense of what would you do if you were in charge? And it doesn't mean today or tomorrow but it takes budget and time out of the equation. When you think about that question, how would you like to see your department evolve? I was very confused because I was like, I didn't say that, but there's a different rod. There is a different rod <laughs> from my friend uh, over at Rico Canada. I love it. I love that question. Yeah. I used to, uh, um, a colleague of mine had a lot of success using a version of this, which was the, you know, and I still use it, use it in this day, which is that if you had a magic wand, if you could do everything, the, the version of, that I use is like, if you had a limited budget and time and literally, you know, no material resource was a constraint, what would you want to see changed about your department, your team, your organization, your structure? Like, I love that question. If even if somebody's not going to take a meeting, if you can get them to tell you what they want their future state to look like, you can leverage that on every single call. So what do you say, Tracy has a great question here. What do you say to somebody to indicate to them that you're in their shoes right now? When I was calling into physical security professionals, so VPs of physical risk, security, credentialing even, um, those guys, and it's typically still just dudes, right? Those guys wake up real early. They're usually in before anybody else is. And the expression putting out fires is a figurative expression we use in, in the world. For them, it's also a literal, a literal expression. So every morning, first thing in the morning when I'm calling all of my VPs of physical security, I'd be like, hey, J hey, hey, James, you know, I know I'm catching you before the fires get started for the day. Ha 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 ha. And I would laugh and they would laugh because their joke means, because that joke means too many things in their world. And I immediately in the first 15 seconds sounded like a peer. That's how you sound like a peer. I love that. Good example for Tracy right there. Thank you for asking that. Uh, tell people where they can connect with you. Where would they go? Why would they do that? They can and should and will connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me drop my thing. 
Oh, it's okay. We got you. We're dropping your link in the chat right now. So go connect with Rod and learn more about him and what he does. Zoom Info, easily one of the top data providers in the country, in the world, probably. I think you guys have more data customers than any other practitioner out there. Uh, shout out to- We are, we are the top. We are the top. <laughs> we, are, we are the top. Uh, shout out to Vidyard. I miss you guys. I love you guys. Been using your product since 2015. You guys should definitely check it out. It's a free Chrome extension. And Outplay, welcome to the fold one more time. I want to thank everybody for coming out and advise you to follow us on social. This is where you can learn from us every single day, just like you do right here at The Daily Show. You can find us at sellbetter.xyz to learn more about all the things we're doing to help major teams out there grow and evolve as sales professionals. Sellbetter.xyz on the gram so you can connect with our content there and learn more from the the content we're putting out on social sell better xyz on youtube you can always find our free clips there and sellbetter.xyz on tiktok so go connect with us on the platform of your choosing we'll see you guys next time we bring you another stellar guest to help you sell better thanks for coming out and sharing your wisdom rob it was a great time see you guys have a great day go get them <laughs>